You're listening to the Direction for Life podcast. We pray this episode blesses you. We'd love to connect with you. Visit us at rdci.info or on Facebook at Right Direction Church International. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the RDCI. We hope you enjoy this broadcast. The word don't change because you married and you got a side check who, 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 but you come home every night. The word don't change because, because you still come home. The word is still a word. You'll never change until you have something that's absolute. And the scripture says, let every man be a liar, but let God's word be true. So if you want to know the, how, how you evaluate now, I'm talking to Christians. I'm talking to kingdom people. I'm talking about people who came to church voluntarily who understand this is a Christian church. And since it's a, it's a Christian church, my opinion don't matter. I do not qualify to be a preacher of the gospel if I preach my gospel. I don't qualify to be your pastor if I tell you what I feel versus what the word says. No matter how many followers I may have on social media or how popular I may be, the word is God's word. And so the word has to become my absolute. Regards what you feel, because of what's natural to you, what is natural to you. It, make, it can feel natural to you to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and re- eat the whole cake. Well, I just, you know, I can do that and, you know, I just have an appetite like that. That don't make it right. And pretty soon we're going to be able to judge. They ate the whole cake. or a whole something. So, God says he doesn't want us to live sex image. So, he has parameters around sex. Okay? Now, I've been, I've had sex with one person for 39 years, almost 39 years. We'll be married, okay? So, I, I can talk about this. Okay? Now, I ain't never heard, so somehow I've been wondering, I'm like, is anybody else like me? Whenever I say that, I say that thing around other preachers, and they're like, hey, man. And I'm looking like, well, come on, you've been married as long as I. They'd be like, hey, man, yes. <laughs> now, that's not because I ain't fine. That ain't because a brother ain't been tempted. It's been because I know the word is the standard. And can I tell you, I have not been in a whole lot. There's three situations that stand out where I could have messed up. Three. Not every day, because I don't put myself in certain situations. I travel with other people. I travel with my wife. Amen. I don't counsel women by myself. I don't fly close to the flame. If you don't fly close to the sun and the flame, you won't get burned. I'm a young man traveling by myself early on, corporate America. I go into this hotel, get there late at night, had to be there for early morning, so I think I left on a Sunday night, get there on Sunday night, got a meeting early next morning in, in Richmond, and I walk in checking in, and there's one of these hotels where, where, where a bar is right there. 
And as I'm walking, this, this, this woman looked at me going. And I'm by myself now. And she looked at me. Then she waved at me. I said, the blood of Jesus. And she wasn't ugly. You know, it's easy if they're ugly. The devil don't tempt you with ugly. Well, some of y'all, I don't know. But <laughs> if you never tried to tempt me with ugly, I'm like, you stupid devil. You don't even know what I like. And I remember, really, I remember, and that, that's when I, I was, we, it was very early on. And I, I realized real quick, I don't need to be traveling by myself and all that. I go upstairs to my room, and, um, and I kept having these thoughts. You need to go down there and witness to that woman. <laughs> go downstairs to the lobby and witness to that woman. Okay? But I didn't do it. I'm being facetious when I said witness to her, okay? Another time, we had been married about a first year or two, okay? Living in Maine, we have one car, so I left the car home with some monster. I said, I said, take the bus every morning. I'm going to take the bus every morning, and this young lady came in. She would sit by me every day. And then about, about third day, four, she said, uh, where do you work? I said, well, I work right there in the bank building. Oh, I come in that building all the time. I said, maybe we can have lunch one day. I said, well, okay. <laughs> maybe just outside. Because, you know, they're sitting in the quad. You know, outside in front of, you know, I know get up there one day, I'm sitting there, and we eating a hot dog outside in public. And she said, this, this young lady said, she said, um, I'm interested in you. And I said, I'm married. And I've never heard this before. I've never been in a situation here again. She said, I didn't say I'm interested in your wife. I'm interested in you. Jesus! <laughs> and then, how old is our ministry now? 20, it'll be 29 years of ministry. One other time, Woman was in this church. Woman in this church, in between services, she sends me a text and says, Are you the only one to read your text? I said, Yeah. Or, or email or something like that. And you know this, the devil, right? In between services. She says, um, I'm really attracted to you. And we can take this as far as you want to take it. In the church. I'm looking at this. Pastor Marcy comes to my study. And I said, honey, if a woman in this church emailed a man saying this, what should he do? The woman of God said, who sent you that text? Who, who is she? Who is she? I said, I didn't say nothing about me. Who is she? Who is she? I said, I didn't say nothing. She said, oh, no, no. It was somebody in this church. Who was it? Now, watch it. If I don't say something, it looks like I want to protect this woman more than I want to protect my marriage. 
So I told my wife exactly who it was. And uh, I said, honey, honey, let's leave it, leave it alone. I said, we're going to give the elder Perry, Sister Perry, we're going to let Sister Perry, she said, no, I'm going to deal with this. <laughs> One day I'm looking for, sir, I'm looking in for service and look like, I, you know how I turn around all the time and they say, where's Pastor Marshall? She's gone and that was our worship center over there. And we, there's a spot, the room that was supposed to be her, her study. And she's in there and took, took a, a DeVita with her. <laughs> Y'all don't know who DeVita is. DeVita is Pastor Katie, but there's a DeVita part of her <laughs> that don't got nothing to do with Pastor nor Katie. And she brought in there, and, and, and Katie all posted up like this. <laughs> And she shared some words with her and told her, Don't, you better not ever proposition my husband or any other man in this church. If you do, your picture is going to go up on the screen with a scripture about whores. <laughs> Needless to say, she ain't in our church no more. <laughs> no, those are... Three very distinct times that stand out to me in all the years. But each of those things, I had a choice. Oh, yeah. I could have pursued it. It could have went further. But I had to make a choice. Your body wants what it wants. Even regarding same sex, your body wants what it wants. The temptation of homosexuality the sin of homosexuality starts with the temptation, with the, with the same gender temptation. God, catch me now, follow me. God does not look at the temptation of a woman towards another woman or a man towards another man differently than he looks at a man's temptation with a woman who's not his wife. The temptation is the temptation. But I grew up hearing a, hearing a song in the Baptist church said, yield not to temptation, for yielding is sin. Each victory, he'll help you some other to win. So the, the, the issue is not what you're tempted with. Mm. The issue is what you're going to resist. If the word of God is your standard, we're all tempted with something. I've never smoked weed. I've never drank liquor. I'm, you know, I've never, I never drank uh, 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 gin and tequila, and none of those things call me. You, everybody's tempted. Scripture says in James, when he's drawn away of what his own lust. So you got to know what your lust is, and you got to take your lust and your temptation and says, this is my lust, this is my temptation, but this is the word. And I deal with my temptation and I deal with my lust by still saying God's word is right. My feelings are wrong, but God's word is right. My desires are wrong, but God's word is right. Are y'all with me here? So let every word be, every, every man be alive, but let God's word be true. So let's, let's go a little bit further. So 1 Corinthians 7, verse 2. These are simple scriptures, but I'm going to dig in here. 1 Corinthians 7 and 2. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife. 
and let every woman have her own husband. Drop down to verse 7. Paul said, I would that all men were even as myself. So theology tells us that Paul wasn't married. Some people say at one point he had to be married because he's part of a Pharisee in the Sanhedrin. And it was required that they be married. But at least we know at the time, his writings, he's not married. He said, I wish everybody was like me. Not being married, being single. He said, but every man have, have his proper gift of God. Some people have the gift of celibacy. I haven't met them yet. No, I, I ain't met them. When you have the gift of celibacy, God has gifted you that you have no desires for sex. And the Bible says if you're, if you're single, you can better serve God. I saw something on, the, on, on, on uh, social media saying that about, about pastors have a desire, don't want people to get married. I want you to get married. But I want you to marry good and I want you to marry right. Know why? Because I'm concerned about your children. I'm going to talk about that. I'm concerned about your children. See, y'all concerned about having good sex. I'm concerned about the next generation. I'm very serious about that. Y'all having good. Sex is good. But sometimes the offspring from it and the situation we bring these children in is jacked up. It's messed up. And I say that, forgive me, sister, if my sister, if you're watching, sometimes I wish she wasn't watching. And I say that as somebody who came from a ratchet family. Some of these situations we put these children in is messed up because we don't refuse to have control over our bodies. And you can't let these multi-millionaire people who decide to have children without a man be your standard. You don't have millions. Well, so-and-so, you know, and even in those situations, it still ain't the best thing for the child. They may not have financial needs. They still have a need for a father. They're going to still have a need for security. They're going to still have a need to be nurtured. They still have to need for, to have a godly man, a, a man as an example and a woman as an example. So Paul says, I wish everybody said, but everybody has a gift. One, at, one this one, and the other one got that. Verse 8, but I, so I say to the unmarried and the widows, he says, good for them if they abide even as I. He said, if you're good, not being married, it's okay. But if you cannot be unmarried, how, what's the youngest age we got in here? One of our young men going off to college who grew up in this church. I said, let me tell you something. I said that you got certain body parts that's only supposed to be wet if you if you showering or going swimming. I said, you understand me? He said, yes, sir, yes, sir. Oh, y'all don't like me, huh? Can I get any plainer? So if you if you got a desire. other than showering and bathing, he said, you need to get married. He said, women, you, you just, 
Can't keep it closed. He said, you need to be married. Now, let me break this down. Let me read it from the uh, New King James and the Amplified. Then I'm going to really go in. <laughs> this is just the surface, y'all. Okay. <laughs> New King James, 1 Kings 7 2. Nevertheless, nevertheless, because of immorality, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. Okay, drop down to verse eight. Verse eight says, "If uh, if if the, to the unmarried, the widows is good for them to remain even as I am." Verse nine. But if they cannot exercise self-control, let them marry. For it's better to marry than to burn with passion. Amplified because the temptation to impurity and to avoid immorality. Let each man have his own wife. Let each woman have her own husband. Verse nine. But if they cannot. They have not self-control, restraint of their passions. They should marry. For it is better to marry than to be aflame with passion and tortured continually with ungratified desire. New living. First Peter 7 and 2. But because of so much sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife. Each woman should have her own husband. Verse 9. But if they cannot control themselves, they should go ahead and marry. It is better to marry than to burn with lust. But for those who are married, I have command that comes not from me, but from the Lord. A wife must not leave a husband. Then he goes on to that. Okay, so here's the deal. He says to avoid fornication, he didn't say take cold showers. He said, he said if, if you are of marrying age and sufficient to do so, you should get married. He said, it's, he, said he did not say the solution... <laughs> To sexual desire is to go on a fast. You just need to fast. That's not what the Bible says. Set your void fornication, you need to get married. The goal of single young people, if you don't have the gift, is to position yourself to get married. Now let me help you women. All you who pursuing all your degrees, don't have no time for no man. Pursue my degrees and another degree and another degree. And he's just a bus driver. I make six figures. He make half of what I make. If you make a hundred, he make fifty. That's a hundred fifty. Fifty. 150 is more than 100. But some of y'all, you wait and wait and wait and wait and wait because you, you just focus on you. And then you get to place and you think you will outclass every man you meet. You're better than every man you meet. And then you're going to be 60 saying, does he have a pulse? And does he have insurance? Because <laughs> many of you, you're becoming classes and elitists and think no man is good enough for you. And then some of you, all you got is a BBL and a good weave. 
You don't have nothing else to offer man. You look good, but looks change. And that Brazilian butt lift, again, if you don't take care of it, it's going to look like Swiss cheese in a few years. The Bible said the heart of a husband does safely trust in her. They had you have no need of spoil. I saw something that say you went and got a, a BBL and you're still single. You would have been better off getting a CDL. I saw that. I like that. <laughs> so the Bible says marriage is a good thing. Now, now I get it. With all things being equal, you don't want to get married just to have sex. But your passion, and God, God, but, but God has created this in a way. He said to avoid fornication, to avoid doing it outside my boundaries, then you need to be married. Am I making this up? That's what the word says is a solution to your sexual urges and desires, not just cold showering, not buying a doll, and not having a deep palm. Y'all don't like me. That ain't the answer. Y'all all right? Now, some of your young people may have some questions after this, and the Bible says you need to be prepared to give them an answer. Y'all, I got to start bringing this for today. Despite the fact, y'all, that modern secular culture promotes sex more than it promotes marriage, the Bible promotes and encourages marriage. And despite the fact that over 40% of births in the U.S. are to single moms, and some by choice, the Bible still encourages marriage. And despite the fact that between 60 to 70 of African-American children, depending on which study you read, live in single-parent households, the Bible encourages marriage. And despite the fact that more and more commercials tell you you don't have to change your promiscuous lifestyle if you just take this pill. The Bible encourages marriage. You know, y'all know COVID's still going around, right? We don't, we don't see that, we don't hear the music and that, and that spooky ball we used to see. Remember? Spooky red ball. We don't see that on television every day, but COVID's still here. Am I right? Okay. And y'all ain't seen the statistics every day, but HIV is still here. And I don't know how many of you say, I don't care about getting HIV because I'm just going to take a pill. And when I get ready to get mad, I'll just tell my partner, it's okay because I take a pill every day. Is that the life you want? But, but they ain't giving you the whole picture. In South Carolina, specifically Columbia, South Carolina, it's still off the charts with syphilis and HIV. Columbia, South Carolina. 
And just because everybody's not telling you these things doesn't mean God's standards change. And it's not because God's trying to condemn you and keep you from having fun. I told you, sex is good. Despite the fact social media puts illicit sex in your face every day, the Bible still encourages marriages and discourages and even condemns fornication. So, back to that scripture, 1 Corinthians 7, to avoid fornication. So that tells me fornication needs to be avoided. Not sanctioned by living together. Avoid it. I came out of a living situation. That's one reason why I hate it. I hate it. Because I came up in it. And especially because I was a Christian and I knew better, I always felt ashamed. I went to school with all kids who were married, and I had this man in my house, my mother's boyfriend, who I should lie about. That's my mother's, I mean, that's my stepfather. He wasn't no stepfather, my mother's boyfriend. And he could care less about me. He used to call me names. He, I found out later when I got older, I understood things. He didn't understand my, my relationship, my bond with my mother because his mother died when he was three. He never had a mother. He was raised by his father. He never had a mother. So he didn't understand a boy being nurtured by his mother. So he used to call me names like fag. You can't say that no more, right? That's what you okay. And, and then, I saw the, then I saw drama associated with it. I'm like, why be going for all this drama? Y'all ain't even married. You know, Pastor Marshall and I, by the way, years ago, we almost got caught up. I know I'm a little over, but everybody else went over today. <laughs> since in my church, I can go over too. That's what I'm going to say. All righty. So fornication should be avoided, not sanctioned. Not sanctioned. Your flesh wants what it wants. But as a Christian, you should want what God wants. When Paul writes in first in Romans the seventh chapter, we, we can apply that to whatever temptation we have. Paul was battling with his flesh. He didn't move in with his flesh. He said, Oh wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? My flesh want to do something, but I see what the word says. God, I need you to help me live the word. Not prepare to disobey the word. And I'm going to also say, y'all keep coming back. Keep coming back. Because I'm also going to show you that statistically, shacking up, cohabitating, when I was a little boy, growing up in church, living in sin, don't make marriage better. And it's probably you're going to be less likely to get married or have a good marriage. Statistically. It's a false, all this stuff that we're given into that society teaches. Because of the temptation for impurity, 1 Corinthians 7, 2, amplified, to avoid immorality. Everybody say avoid it, avoid it, avoid it. I told you about this girl named Emma when I was in college. Went to college and I'm still a virgin young preacher boy. And Emma used to, was asking people about me. And they said, oh, he a preacher. 
his name I heard. He a Christian. The girls said, he a Christian, he a preacher. And the guy around me, Emma, was telling everybody, I'm going to let y'all know what kind of preacher he is. Right? And, and uh, Emma, Emma was from Alabama. And Emma was determined. She's going to let folks know what kind of, and everybody said, oh, yeah. said Emma, Emma said she's going to let everybody know what kind of preacher you are. Emma will come in one way, I'll run the other way. We had a class one day, and uh, had a class, I was taking a religion class, and a lot of stuff I already knew, and, uh, and she said, you seem like you're really good with this Bible stuff, can, can we get together and study? I said, no, no, we can't study, because I knew Emma was after my testimony. <laughs> and I was going to hold on, look, somebody said, hold on to your testimony, hold on. You got to hold on to your testimony. There's a whole bunch of Emmas out there. But you got to hold on to your testimony. For, he said, avoid fornication. Okay, I'm done for today. The story of Joseph, I, I talk about Joseph all the time. The reason why I talk about Joseph is because uh, what, Genesis, uh, what, around 36 chapter or so, Joseph was such a man of integrity, a young man of integrity. And, and the Bible says that he was goodly. I mean, he was fine. He was good looking. Okay? And Mrs. Potiphar was the... Mrs. Emma Potiphar. <laughs> now I know her first name. <laughs> Mrs. Emma Potiphar was determined to take his testimony. And she would come, he would come in, he's the, the equivalent of the head butler. But of course he wasn't being paid. He was a slave. He would come in and do his business whatever business around the house. And the Bible said, she kept trying to seduce him, asking him, lie with me. And you all know how you say it, oh, yeah, lie with me. <laughs> lie with me. I can just picture her. He would come in the kitchen. She'd be standing there, all of a sudden she drops something. <laughs> and Joseph would turn around. And the Bible says, can, can, can you find the book? Anybody find it? Genesis 13. The Bible says Joseph started avoiding her. He started avoiding her. It said he refused to lie with her or to be with her. Huh? Genesis 39 and 8. Come on, y'all media. He refused and said to his master's wife, Okay, can you back up to verse 7 and see? What, what, what's verse 7 say? Verse 7. Genesis 39 and 7. Verse 7 says, It came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. Lie with me. Verse 8. But he what? He what? He what? So you can refuse situations. You can refuse fornication. You can refuse a side chick. You can refuse, God forbid, pastors, a woman in church who sends you a text. You can refuse. It would be wrong of God 
to require something on us that we can't do. He refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know even what's, in, what's with me in the house. He trusts me, and he's committed all that he has in my hand. Keep going. He said, there's nobody in this house greater than I am. He hasn't kept back anything from me but you. He's given me full reign of everything in this house except you. Why? Because you are his wife. He recognized that's off limits. Remember when David messed up with Bathsheba? They tried to tell him, David, this is Uriah's wife. She's off limits. Joseph says, and watch this, you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against who? Against God. The Bible does not say he was not sexually attracted to her. The Bible doesn't say she wasn't his type. The Bible does not say, I like him thick and she thin. Okay? Or she's, or, or she's too thin and I like him thick and she's too, she's too thick and I like him thin. No, it wasn't about physical. He had a conviction in his heart. I want to please God. Now, his flesh may have wanted her, but his heart wanted to please God. Come on. You got to start living by your heart more than your flesh. If you love our podcast and the impartation you gain from it, we encourage you to become an iChurch member. As an iChurch member, you'll get access to exclusive digital content, as well as an online community and various small group sessions. To find out more, visit rdci.info forward slash iChurch. Connect with us for digital impartation weekly. Join Bishop Herbert and Dr. Marsha Bailey on Clubhouse for marriage, faith, and family inside Kingdom Business Network on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash rdcitv. We stream live services on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, as well as Wednesday at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ladies, join us for Manifest on Fridays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time.